Rubbish in, rubbish out. With ex-Google engineer Feely from the Search Brothers. Brought to you by Majestic, I'm David Bain and this is SEO in 2022. Philly, what is your number one SEO tip for 2022? Well, most definitely you want to make sure that uh, you kind of control what goes into the algorithms of search engines. So if you look at search engines, Google, Bing, others, we as webmasters are responsible for what goes into the algorithms. We have a website, we need to make sure that our website is crawlable, indexable, and that search engines understand our content. Now. A lot of uh, the algorithms are like a black box. We don't have control as as SEOs, as webmasters, website owners. We don't have control over uh, the programming of how those uh, uh, algorithms are programmed, are executed, how they're run, and what comes out of it, the search results that we all would like to be ranking high in. However, as a webmaster, we do have uh, control over what goes into those algorithms. So we want to make sure that what we send into the algorithms uh, is the right thing. And if you want to change how we come out of those algorithms, that black box of algorithms that Google and other search engines are continuously tweaking, we need to make sure that what we send in changes. So if we want to change the output, we need to change the input. If not, if we're sending in rubbish, we're going to get rubbish out. And that's basically what we're talking about today. So. We want to make sure if we want to improve our rankings, we do need to focus on what we send into those algorithms. So what are examples of rubbish that SEOs typically send in to the algorithms? Ah, Good question. So uh, some of these things that we see often or I see often uh, being sent into the algorithms is uh, problems with trust signals like uh, canonization that is done wrong or uh, sitemaps that basically are sending the wrong signal by having non-indexable patterns in them or very simple, uh, very low content pages or lean content pages, pages with barely any content or uh, and that are indexable obviously and are being considered as a search result at least, that's what the webmaster is saying to the search engine like Google uh, uh, please index this particular page. But the page doesn't have any unique sales proposition, doesn't have a value, shouldn't actually rank in the first place. And if we have too many of these, we're basically sending into the algorithms a lot of rubbish. So uh, software force is another one that where we need to be careful what signals are we sending into the, into the algorithms. Uh, can Google actually trust our server codes? Can Google trust the content that we're sending? Great. Okay, so I'd probably describe that then as the degree of confidence that that Google has in 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 what you do, and then the willingness it's um, its willingness to rank you uh, for contextual terms um, because it's not particularly confident in what you do. Is is that a reasonable way of describing it? In a way, yes. It's it's really about uh, well, you have heard in the industry probably terms being tossed around as content quality, eat uh, authority, domain sure. authority, all these type of things, both from an on-page as well as from an off-page perspective. And uh, it's true that a lot of these signals uh, they they matter. We we do need to make sure some of them are signals, some of them just. Uh, methodology of evaluating content like EAT, that's not an actual ranking signal, but it's a way of evaluating the quality of our content and to see, do we stand out enough? Do we have enough authority in a way that the user would say to Google, hey, this is a very good website. Now, user signals is another way. 
um, that uh, Google is generating based on the search results to see if you should be ranking. So yeah, uh, the overall trend of the signals that we're sending into algorithms uh, determines the, uh, the trust level and the authority that we have and if we should rank for certain terms or not. Great. Okay, so you mentioned a few different elements there that SEOs can alter in order to improve the quality of what they're feeding into algorithms, things like sitemaps, poor content, user signals. It would be great to, to dive into them individually maybe a little bit more just to give a couple of um, specific tips in terms of what SEOs can do to improve them. So so maybe sitemaps to begin with. Um, mm -hmm. What are specific aspects of sitemaps that uh, SEOs are getting wrong at the moment? Well, it really depends. It's not just SEOs, it's primarily also webmasters. And Okay. Uh, just to just to highlight a quick thing before I go into the sitemap part, uh, you have to keep in mind that a lot of recommendations that Google gives uh, publicly uh, through their different channels is aimed at the average webmaster. The majority of website owners and webmasters actually are not active in SEO or very minimal active in SEO. This is where the algorithms do a lot of automatic stuff. Now, what uh, webmasters often get wrong is they generate one sitemap and they have a dynamic website and they don't generate a new sitemap when they have new content. So you get content that is basically indexable, uh, that is discoverable in your website, but you don't have it in your sitemap. Another uh, common mistake I see is having non-indexable patterns in the sitemap. Uh, patterns that uh, we don't want to have in the sitemap are in the sitemap and they have, for example, a meta uh, no index or they're redirecting or they're 404, they're deleted, something like that. Another example uh, with sitemaps that I see often as well is that uh, people are pursuing uh, news and uh, they have a news sitemap uh, and they're trying to rank in news and discover and stuff like that. But the problem is that you need to make sure that uh, your sitemap is correct. Like there are different rules for new sitemaps than there are for normal XML sitemap. Like you should only have uh, an entry there for the last two days and only a thousand articles uh, in the sitemap. If you have it longer than uh, two days, it's not compliant with the guidelines for new sitemaps. How important are sitemaps in the grand scheme of things? So, for instance, if you have a website that is brilliant, um, is just a wonderful user experience, has great content on it, and um, is is delivering to search engines in terms of content and uniqueness, um, something a lot better than the competition, but you've got a terrible sitemap, um, is that likely to impact um, your ranking significantly? Well, I'm going to narrow the field there a little bit to XML sitemaps, uh, mm -hmm. because HTML sitemaps is a completely different topic, and okay. I'm happy to talk about that too. But when it comes to XML sitemaps, um, it doesn't. Uh, the XML sitemap is a signal for uh, Google like, hey, here are all the canonicals of all the indexable URLs that we would like to have indexed and be considered as an SEO landing page. Uh, something that you can use in the search results for actual users. And when the user lands on that, there's going to be value to the user. That's the idea of a sitemap, just to have a list available. But it's not just a list alone that gets you crawled. Uh, Google also wants to see, are there any internal linking to it? Uh, then on top of that, are there any canonization uh, to it? So there's multiple different signals that uh, Google uses to prioritize which URLs Google crawls sitemap is just one of them but not the only one understood 
Great. And you also mentioned poor content. So what would you describe as poor content nowadays? Is, is it thin content? Is it many pages on your site without having much content? Is it pages on your site having duplicate content, the same content as other web pages out there or, or some other definition? So what we're talking about here is uh, primarily having content that users are actually interested in. You, you kind of need to solve the problem for the users. And if you're not solving that problem, uh, then yeah, it's content mostly for SEO purposes. Um, we see that a lot in e-commerce, for example, where you have on top of uh, a category page where you have a couple of articles in the category page, you have a small two, three lines, and then a read more. And under that read more, there's another, say, 500 words of text uh, hidden. Uh, that's not there for users. That's there for search engines. And uh, this is not a good approach for users. The content isn't attractive to users. And it's not really carrying much weight either because it's also hidden. It's uh, Google can see this is written for SEO. Uh, it's not great content. So. When we're talking about lean content, it doesn't necessarily mean, uh, or poor qu uh, quality content, it doesn't necessarily mean lack of content, although that could be one of the reasons as well. Okay, great. And the, the last element I'd like to touch upon that you mentioned is user signals. Um, so what constitutes um, uh, important user signals that um, search engines pick up on? Yeah, good question. So uh, one of the key things to keep in mind is when a user starts a search on a search engine like Google, uh, they are Google's user. They're not your user. They're not anywhere, anywhere near being your user at this point. They're Google user. And Google wants to satisfy the need of their users, not your users, their users. So uh, a user will type in a query and will see a bunch of search results, say just for a hypothetical case, the standard 10 search results, and clicks on the first one. Now, if the page loads very slowly or the content is very poor or we are running into a 404 error or 500 error, like the server can't handle the load, all of these type of things, then um, the searcher is likely to go back. Also, if the, if the expectations have not been managed, keep in mind that our search result, often based on a meta description and page title, needs to manage the user expectation. We need to make sure that our meta tags and page titles are optimized that it contains what is the benefit of clicking on this search result versus the other nine. Uh, why this search result is going to give them the answer and what to expect when they do click on it. Um, what is the unique sales proposition? Now, once they click on it and we don't deliver on that in any way, the user may go back. At this point, it's still a Google user. It's not your user. It's a Google user. They may navigate your website five pages, but or even 10, or uh, stop and then the next day type in the same query again and then go uh, uh, at Google and then go back, uh, not to your website, but to the next one, number two result. Uh, all of these situations where the user goes back to Google uh, straight away or later, and uh, yeah, the user indicates this search result did not satisfy me in one way or another. Um, for whatever reason, and again, there can be plenty of reasons why, um, then basically the user clicks on the next search result, the user just communicated your search result isn't great. Now, the key thing, and this comes in the overall topic, also with rubbish in, rubbish out, it's all about trends. 
Now, I know there's a lot of people who are focused in the SEO world on specific numbers, like what's the percentage? How much of my site do I have to recrawl in order to get XYZ counted and stuff like that? It's not about specific numbers. These numbers change all the time and often are based as a snapshot of what Google has crawled at that given moment of the entire web. Now, the web is continuously changing with removing, editing, and uh, uh, adding new content on a daily basis on a whole bunch of URLs. Google is crawling a big chunk uh, of that on a daily basis, and it needs to process that. And any moment in time that we perform a search, that is also a search on the snapshot of the database, the index at that moment. That index changes just a few seconds later uh, or faster even. So. We're very focused on uh, specific numbers where we should be more focused on the overall trends. What are we sending as a trend into the algorithms? And also from an off-page perspective, uh, off-page being very important as well as a factor, um, not necessarily for page rank purposes, but also for discovery purposes to prioritize which URLs should Google crawl next. Great thoughts there. Now, I'm sure that you can speak in a great deal of depth uh, about Google, Google's algorithms and um, what you can do to try and enhance your, your rankings, your traffic that you drive from um, organic Google search. But I'm sure you also speak to many marketers who aren't technical marketers. So how do you go about explaining algorithms to marketers that aren't that technical? Um, well, to be honest, it's it's pretty simple in a way. Um, we're talking about uh, formulas. So um, when you have a formula, most people have had calculus or something like that at, at high school or, or, or even at primary school. And you can see if you change the number in, in the sum, then you're going to get a different output. Now, um, in a very basic way uh, to, to, um, to explain how you could also see algorithms, is for example, a navigation system uh, in your car. So if you have a car um, uh, with a navigation system and you, you're on the road and you're going for, uh, to a certain destination and the navigation system is telling you where to go to and which turn to take, but you're not paying attention, you're missing that turn. Yeah, uh, It's not like at that point, your tires are getting slashed. You can't move any further. Um, it just means it takes longer to get there. Yeah, and this is kind of what happens uh, uh, with algorithms. Algorithms are basically uh, calculating in the back end to see where you should be placed. Uh, they do continuous testing and they're trying to figure out the algorithms most of the time, trying to figure out uh, what is the best result for the user, their user. Now, once the user converts on our website into an actual, say, buyer or something, then they become our user. But until that time, they're a Google user. Great advice. So if an SEO is listening to you and thinking, you're right, my site is probably sending a lot of rubbish into the algorithms. I'm, I'm doing okay, but I could probably have many quick wins if I focus on the quality of the signals that I'm providing to search engines. So um, what's one thing that that type of SEO needs to stop doing in order to spend more time doing what you suggest? Well, I'm actually going to give you two things. Um, for one, we need to make sure that uh, we check what we're sending in. So people do need to do some audits of their website. They can do it themselves. They can go to third parties, but they do need to check what goes in. They can use a whole bunch of tools out there in the industry. I would say go and discover 
but check what are you actually sending in. And not just from an on-page perspective, also from an off-page perspective. Uh, off-page, that's the other thing, I would most definitely uh, say what you need to stop doing uh, is uh, buy links for the sake of page rank. That, that just doesn't work. Um, it's not beneficial in most cases. If you're spending, for example, uh, uh, a certain amount of money every month to get like 20 links pointed to your website, you're spending your money, uh, you're throwing your money literally in the garbage bin. It's not working. Uh, what you should be spending that budget on is getting converting traffic. So if you build links, make sure you build links that convert traffic on your website. Wonderful. Uh, you can find Philly over at SEO.services. Philly, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2022. Thank you very much. Check out the rest of the content from SEO in 2022 over at SEOin2022.com. <laughs> <laughs>